podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome. I'm Les Bubka and you're listening to Accidental Podcast or something like that. In this episode, I have a pleasure talking to John McLean from Warrior Spirit Martial Arts. Uh, John is a new kid on the block in uh, applied karate or practical karate. Um, he made transfer from freaky karate to practical martial art. He become a good friend. Uh, so I thought I'll get him on podcast and see how his journey was, what his plans, how he adapt, what a martial arts mean for him, what karate done for his mental health, and um, what was his journey, what's the future plans. And so I hope you're going to enjoy it. Uh, please feel free to share it uh, if you enjoyed it. And um, without further ado, um, let's go. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, Les. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. I'm going to start with the congratulations because uh, you are a brave man and one day after your wedding, you decided to talk to me. <laughs> congratulations or commiserations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we used to say in Poland that uh, those who are married are uh, lost uh, men to a society. Oh, there we go, yeah. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. And on the, before my wedding, I had an Irish guy, um, 70-year-old gentleman, told me uh, one last advice. He said, um, find yourself a comfortable pair of shoes and start walking. Just start walking. <laughs> the, the amount of that type of advice that I've had as well is crazy, but I found a good girl. I'm happy with her, so that's all right. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I cannot complain myself either. Um, so, thank you for joining me today. And uh, we met only a few months ago uh, online, mm. but it kind of always seems to be in line with our thoughts and uh, kind of ventures and trying new stuff on the internet and the webs with the YouTube's podcasts and stuff like that. Um, could you give us some um, background into your uh, martial arts history? Yeah, sure thing. So um, I started training in uh, Shukokai style karate uh, probably about uh, nearly 15 years, maybe 13 years ago now. Um, and Shukokai, as, as you may know, is a very sort of sport-oriented martial arts in the sort of 3K style, as, as Ian Abernethy calls it, where you practice the, um, you know, the, the Kihon, the Kumite, and the uh, Kata as three completely separate elements. Um, and then I would train that for a... Uh, a long while um, after a few years of training I started helping out in teaching classes getting involved in the instructor, instructor side of things um, then our instructor uh, introduced uh, Royce Gracie uh, sorry Royce Gracie Jiu Jitsu to the uh, syllabus as well um, that kind of opened my eyes to a whole different avenue of martial arts where we would used to train very sort of point sparring way sometimes you know full contact way um, and then we, we were introduced to this whole new world where you're face-to-face -face with stuff. Um, and then um, after a few 
few years of uh, teaching there, then I uh, opened up my own school under my instructor. Um, and then at the end of December, um, not last year, but the year before, um, I decided to go independent to kind of explore the uh, applied karate route using um, like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu as a, the, the kind of lens through which to see it on, um, I don't know, more, more inclusive uh, style of martial arts working with uh, you know, autistic spectrum and, and other types of stuff. But it's basically karate, kickboxing, BJJ, as long as short of it, I suppose. That's a good mix, good mix. Um, mm. I know that uh, you are writing a book because I've got some insight to it. <clears throat> so uh, it was interesting to read into your background. And you said that you have been a kind of awkward child. Could you go mm. bring that? How did you end up in karate overall? And why did you choose karate? Um, well, it's, it kind of goes along with the um, awkward child route where um, me and my friends, we were all the, the sort of nerds in school. You know, we, we wouldn't do well with, with other people. You know, everybody treated us okay and all, but we were certainly the outcasts um, when we were in school. And we were happy in our own little gang, but we were the nerds. We were obsessed with Japan and Japanese and, you know, the, all the anime and, and all that kind of weird stuff. Um, so we've always had this fascination with Japan. And then kind of naturally goes along with that then if you're going to get interested in martial arts uh karate is one way to go and i did try uh as a very young youth maybe nine ten years old tried a class with one of my friends but he kept on um, making me laugh in class but then keeping a straight face and the instructor was looking so i kept on getting in trouble he got away with it and after a while i got a bit annoyed with that and i left um but later on down the line another one of my sort of awkward friends uh him and his family started training in kickboxing with, with one of these branches. And that's um, kind of what got me involved through through the same organization. Um, but it's, it, it was definitely a, um, how can I say, an uncharacteristic choice for me to get involved in a sport because I was very uh, overweight as a kid. And um, even on school sports days, it always came down to, uh, you know, forgetting, forgetting our kit conveniently on PE days. Uh, and then when we did the big sports day where all the school was competing, me and my friends would, again, we wouldn't be up for any events. We'd just chill out in the field with our Game Boys and, and, and you know, just chat about nerdy stuff while all the other kids did sport. So that, that was me as a kid, basically. Mm -hmm. So uh, how, how did the karate impacted <clears throat> your mental health or still does, if it does? Uh, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, I've, I've always kind of had the... Um, mentality of uh, like it'll pass right whatever, whatever bad stuff happens it, you'll, you'll it'll pass and you'll get over it um so kind of on the on a deeper level it never really affected my mental health because I, my parents are really great they they essentially said whatever happens it doesn't really matter right and in the grand scheme of things nothing the, the, the bad stuff that happens to me day to day the kids driving me up the wall any kind of bullying I had in school, I knew it would pass one day, right? Mm -hmm. One day, I'm not going to be here and none of that is going to matter. Um, on, on a maybe closer to the surface level, uh, dealing with people has always been a sort of, uh, um, it's, it's been a difficult point for me where I almost have to, um, see, I'm struggling now to think about it, but I almost, I almost have to plan social interactions beforehand in my head, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? So the, the, 
in a way the phone call straight something I'm not comfortable with uh, meeting new people I've had to really sort of compensate and accommodate um, for a lot of that now it's it's not strictly a mental health thing but I was speaking to one of my other students and she says um, she had this realization when she was young um, that she would end up having almost scripting conversations when she was younger as well before making a phone call she had to run through the conversation in her head god knows how many times just and if the conversation went off the script she'd planned um, she kind of found herself getting a little bit apprehensive, a little bit nervous about it again. Um, but it later turned out that she had, a, she's got a daughter, and she's um, she's autistic, she's on the autistic spectrum, and she's you know like fairly autistic. And what my what the students um, kind of found out is she related to a lot of the issues her daughter had in the social thing. So having spoken to her. Um, I do wonder myself whether I've got you know autistic traits. And I did do. A, I've not been diagnosed or anything, but I've taken some uh, tests online, and they reckon that, uh, or they they suggest that I share a lot of traits with autistic people. So maybe it's a little bit on a tangent to mental health, but that's that's certainly something that um, has has told on my on my social skills, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I I I have to say that um, the same for me. I always uh, I actually stopped doing now. The podcast helped and interviewing people helped. But I had that for a long time as well, scripting the the conversation. Maybe because it's a foreign mm. language, used to be foreign language for me. So it was always, you know, worrying that I'm going to say something. And of course, it always, uh, I thought one thing, but my tongue was saying completely different things. And it still sometimes does that. But um, since I started recording stuff and being more upfront with people, I actually stopped thinking about it. Mm. So... Um, but I think that most of us are on the spectrum. Um, I think that's the human trait and we're just not diagnosed, but uh, I think everybody's got some, something, you know, why would you spend 25 years doing one thing uh, like karate and not being on a spectrum or something wrong with you anyway? You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's something that you mentioned fairly on, fairly early on into our conversations. I think it was after, um, I read uh, The Anxious Black Belt, which just for anybody listening is a great book and you, you've got to give it a read. If, well, I mean, you probably have already, but if you haven't, check it out. But it's, it was one of the things that um, after having read it and seeing how honest and open you were in the book, I thought, you know, I'll reach out and, and, I'll, and I'll say, you know, thanks for, thanks for writing it. I enjoyed reading it um, and that I could relate to a lot of the things that you said in it because I thought because of, of that thought and you did say early on I do think everybody is somewhere on the spectrum even if it's just mm. mildly and I completely agree with you so, so um, <clears throat> you are a transferring because you said you, you the COVID kind of um, when stop you in the tracks of converting your your training methods from the 3k kickboxing and BJJ into a applied Karate or practical karate, whatever people would like to call, call it. What what sparked up that decision to to change? Um, you you may not have experienced this yourself because you you seem to have always come up through a uh, practical background. That's something that I discussed in our episode with Andy as well. Um, but. For an, anybody who has been brought up in the sort of three K environment will. Uh, understand the amount of um, kind of taking a lot of what the instructor tells you with a pinch of salt you have to do. Mm-hmm. So you, um, for example, with the kata now, 
But the explanation we were always given was, as you probably know, you're surrounded by eight guys. This guy attacks the block and a punch and you dodge that and you block and punch that guy and you turn your back and you, you dodge over the guy with a samurai sword in the back. And, um, you know, you, you go through, you just you just kind of assume that this guy's an instructor, he knows better than me, right? Mm-hmm. We were in the, in the very um, almost commercial environment, so none of the students there were particularly uh, brawlers or fighters and the kind of guys who'd go out on a Saturday night and get into scraps to know that that's not what real combat happened or mm-hmm. that's not how it happened. So you just kind of took it, you, you kind of believed it. And then um, being introduced to the, to the jiu-jitsu, um, Hoist Gracie jiu-jitsu is... So it, see, it, there's, a, there's a dichotomy in uh, jiu-jitsu the same way as there's in karate. There's a sports side and there's a self-defense side, right? And each, each side seems to think that the other one's the wrong guy, right? But mm-hmm. uh, Hoist falls on the side of the self-defense system where the large part of the syllabus is the self-defense orientation where uh, you, you deal with this grab with this lock and then it kind of all flows together then. You can use it on the ground, you can use it standing up. The, the principles are all there. Um, they cover all ranges. They, they cover uh, what to do if an attacker gets in your face before the conflict begins. So dealing with both of those side by side and still of 3K and this things of violence, jiu-jitsu and standing of violence. I mean, taught both of them as the correct way. It didn't make sense. Um, so keep keep training both of those for about five years. Um, after a while, I, I don't know if, if I can safely say his name on the podcast, but I got into a very very popular karate YouTuber's channel, um, mm-hmm. started learning more about uh, kind of his stuff. And then he uh, launched a series about traveling to Okinawa to learn all about karate. I, I don't know if you know the guy, but... Anyway, he explored some practical. Yeah, I, I think you've met him once. I mean, he's a nice guy by the sound of things. <laughs> I haven't got a, I haven't got a picture anyway. with a thum, thumbs up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> so we, um, uh, so watch, watch some of his stuff anyway. And, you know, you click around YouTube, and then, then I got into Ian Abernethy's stuff. Um, and he was coming out with all these, uh, like, sensible explanations that I could see through the jiu-jitsu lens because it be the principles and all made sense from jiu-jitsu more so it had the karate form but the explanations from jiu-jitsu made more sense mm-hmm. right and, and I've always had this fascination with karate anyway um so I get into his stuff see these applications and I I think the, the kind of obsessive trait got away with me then from from the autistic stuff but then and I just did a real deep dive so for months and months and months, I just had these. I had my earphones in all all day, every day. I'm always listening to some sort of podcast, but I went from the beginning of Ian's podcast all the way through to the end, and that's that's probably hundreds of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just constantly listening, filling my mind with information. When when I was on the road, I was listening to Ian stuff and getting all this all this information. Um, now at the time, I was still with my uh, my old organization, and we went to a conference with. Uh, our kind of billing company, so the the company deals with our accounts and everything. Uh, and I, I saw the schedule for it, and it turned out that Ian Abernethy was actually doing a seminar on that mm-hmm. day. So I thought, great, I've, I've got to get on this. And I'm already having these doubts in my mind about the, you know, the, the split between this martial art and that martial art, and which one makes more sense. Um, and I was training with Ian, um, got that session done, felt poof, just amazing. Um, and then just, I don't know, seeing then moves from jujitsu in the katas and it, it just it just made so much more sense right so then now 
my intention when we got back to normal, I'd, I'd left my organization and then three months later, COVID hit. So I'd, I'd, my intention was to go out training. Um, I did get a session with Lee Taylor done. That mm-hmm. was good. That was enlightening. We covered the Pinot Showdown applications. Um, but my intention was to travel every month to go see somebody and learn something new. Um, COVID hit. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to do that at all. I didn't get a chance to um, try and uh, live test sort of my theory about jujitsu and karate. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, I, I think that's, that's, that was the main thing. Seeing, seeing the both and then having them brought together by the stuff I'd seen online, it, it was just, um, that, that was the key decision. Mm. <clears throat> How difficult, I done it myself breaking out. It was from a the... long way to answer, that was it. <laughs> That's right. Um, I um, I kind of myself broke up from the organization. I'm not going to go into details because that's going to be in the next book, the shameless plug-in here. Um, but how did uh, your your organization took it that you said, you know, okay, I have enough of this. I'm moving away. They, did they cause you any problems or it was all, uh, we understand, off you go? Um, there, there were other issues with the organization apart from the martial arts. Um, uh, I, I feel that my social issues were a lot to do with it, but I, I really feel like I didn't, uh, I struggled to, to, to fit in with, with, with the gang there. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're different from me and they think differently from me, which, which most of the population does to be fair. But uh, there, there was, there was some stuff with the organization that I wasn't happy with anyway, but, the, the angle that I took, I felt that if I explained, um, here's why I want to explore different martial arts, they wouldn't understand. They just think that, that I was wrong and, and kind of, because people are set in their minds, right? They, they know martial arts. Everybody understands martial arts different. So um, I kind of had to communicate in, a, in a, um, my own way that I just did not fit in with that organization, which, which is truly something that I felt. I was... I was it came to times where we would have meetings and the night before the meeting I would have like you know miniature anxiety um, and then I would, I would kind of have a sense of dread going to the meeting because it just it wasn't really my place right it, it, it had been my home and I'd loved growing up in that environment but past the point and, and having been so involved in, in it I think maybe just things changed for me and, and realizing myself as well where where my heart was um but anyway, so for all, all this is going to be in more detail in the book that I'm writing um, at the moment. But for the, let's say, three weeks after I decided that I was going to leave in the build-up to making the decision, um, one of the other schools in the organization was also planning on leaving the same time as me. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I was so set on plans to leave that I'd already ordered the T-shirts with the Warrior Spirit logo on them. Uh, they, they arrived a full week before I spoke to my previous instructor about leaving. Um, so I, I was set on the decision. And, and as far as I knew, um, my my friend was as well. But we got to the day where we were planning on leaving. We were both going to go and talk to him together because I, I didn't think that I had it in me to make the break. I've, I've never broken up with anybody in my life mm-hmm. or anything like that. So to, to kind of pull the trigger myself was, was a huge thing. I, 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 couldn't, I hadn't been sleeping um, properly for nights before waking up in the middle of the night, having that anxiety of, of planning the discussion. How, how am I going to explain this and, and all that? Um, but anyway, the day came and me and my friend, we, we were going to go in, we we're going to talk and we we're going to leave. 
and he gives me a call saying, I'm not doing it. I can't do it right now. And, and I was kind of relying on him to get me out of there, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So um, I postponed it for that day and I thought, I, I cannot stay. I've, I've, I've made the decision. I've got stuff. I've got 200 T-shirts or 200 pounds worth of T-shirts mm. sitting in my cupboard. I'm, I'm not wasting the money. The decision's been made. I, I've got to go. So I went in and the, the following day and I'd spoken to, to my instructor. I said to him, look, um, I, I don't feel like I have a place here anymore. Um, I, I don't feel like I fit in with, with anybody. Um, you know, I explained, I feel like I've, I, I've got these autistic traits. They make, they make social situations difficult for me. So when you've got meetings and stuff like that, I just feel, um, you know, I, I, just, I just simply don't feel like I fit in. And he seemed a bit taken aback by it. But after maybe an hour of talking, he seemed to sort of just understand and accept that um, it just, there was no way of persuading me that the decision was made. And he shook my hand and sent me on my way. Um, you know, if uh, he assured me things won't turn nasty, if there's, you know, there's there's no gonna there's not gonna be any competition or unfairness or anything like that, which is very, you know, it was big of him because the news seemed to have come completely out of the blue for him. Mm-hmm. Um, we've not spoken since, apart from uh, having a message just saying, you know, wishing me all the best and everything. But um, no, I mean, it's it's I don't know. It was a difficult thing, and 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 it felt in a way. Um, like breaking up from a long-term relationship i I'll, I'll be honest i went i went to my car after and I, and I just drove to sit down i called i called my now wife and i and i, I cried I, I said look I've, I've done it there's a big, big sense of relief but it's a massive like end of an era thing and it was like mm-hmm. a, such a a release of mixed emotions i don't I, I do not regret leaving um but at that time it was a it was, it was a heart-wrenching thing you know yeah i can understand i think so you, you, you left the organization, you went on your own, you done the t-shirts ahead of it to give you a confidence to do it. I suppose that's what we do. Um, and now the hard work starting. Where did you start to the conversion? Obviously listening to Ian podcast and trying to get in the mm-hmm. stuff, but um, how did you approach, approach it in your head? What, what is the plan for your transition? Changing syllabus, um, uh, training more with the other people, and take us through the kind of uh, you... Pro- so there's, there's there's a lot, yeah. There's a lot to keep to take in, to take into consideration before you leave uh, a, a group, um, and particularly when it comes to uh, effectively creating. Because I I couldn't use their syllabus anymore for for obvious reasons, so I had to kind of decide what I wanted to do um, martial arts wise, what my approach was going to be. And, I, and, and I'd made a big list of stuff. So there, there was effectively the, the business side of things where the, or the, the, the group management version where um, we'd get the t-shirts with the change of kit and how am I going to deal with, um, you know, they're going to train their old kit. So some of them had just bought hoodies. What I'm going to do to, to make it fair for them so they're not out of pocket. Um, there's all that little organization. Then you've got the, um, what I'm going to do about, um, you know, finances and, and, and dealing with billing companies and all that. And then on the other hand, you've got what you want to do with the martial arts. Now, um, I'm with a BCA. Uh, so that was one of the first things that I did was I reached out to, um, we'd been in talks with Peter Constantine anyway. Um, and he was, you know, he's, he's absolutely fabulous. Him and Dawn, you're with BCA as well, aren't you? So you know how, how amazing they are. I am BCKA. Um, 
So I'm, I'm staying. Oh, sorry. So, so am I. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, yes, you're right. Official, officially, so am I. But um, yeah, so we got in touch with them when we were talking with Peter. Um, we done. Have you been to their training session on a Thursday morning? No, no, I haven't. Okay, uh, we we got invited down to one of them anyway. So this this is me and my friend. This is before we left. Um, so we had all our ducks in a row with Transit BCKA. Um, so, th- so that was the first thing was the insurance. We had to make sure our students were insured and um, all that kind of stuff. So while we were there, though, um, Peter was was generous enough to offer us loads of advice on on syllabus and and uh, you know the kind of approach and mindset we ought to take as far as the actual martial arts side of it is concerned. So you're looking at stuff like, um, you know, being lighter on your feet when you're moving instead of stationary combinations, you're looking at moving the whole time that you're striking, changing directions and all that. Um, he, he, he spoke about um, a teaching syllabus and a, and a testing syllabus, which is one, what do you want, to, what do you want your students to learn? And then kind of break that down to what do you want to test them on? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one one thing that I've uh, sort of sat down and I had a, a big, huge list of stuff that by black belt, what my students ought to learn, right? And then kind of break them down into when should they be tested on it and what of those skills do they need to be tested on? For example, my students need to know how to break fall, but I don't need to test them on break falling, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there was that. Um, aspect of the syllabus um, I, I was lucky enough as well because I, I asked on Ian Abernethy's um, forum for help on going independent and stuff like that and he, he set up a phone call with me for an hour and he explained um, you know how how he dealt with his students how he dealt with testing and how there was like three or at least my understanding was that he, he did three versions of each sort of combination for example where you do it um, in in the air like traditional keyons so you drill the um, the, the quote-unquote perfect technique, then you would do it with the pad so you could feel the impact and you do it with a live partner as well mm. so you could feel the, uh, you know, just feel, feel it for real as well, feel it with resistance. It's, I, th- I, think, I think this is the training matrix that he talks about where you're introducing different yeah, floors yeah. at different times. So um, taking, taking what we spoke about with Peter and Ian, um, so we had the insurance, then we had the sort of just the syllabus set up now, at this time, we've only got the uh, kids' karate program and the adults' kickboxing program. Um, the, the adults' karate was meant to start fairly shortly after I felt confident with it. Because, I'll be honest, when I, when I left the organization, I felt like a fraud. Um, mm. You know, I'm, I'm a third-degree black belt, but the stuff that I've been taught isn't what I now understand to be proper fighting techniques. I would rely more on my jiu-jitsu purple belt than I would do on my third-dan karate belt. Right, so I wanted to make that mash first before I could, before I left. Um, so anyway, yeah, syllabus, insurance, t-shirts, um, and just just rebranding. Uh, make sure there was no old logos up. Make sure I got my new website up. Um, that that was a long shot, but I had this big, huge checklist that I wanted to go through to to make sure everything was okay before I left. You know. Mm, cool. And uh, how do you? Um... Was it difficult for you to mix the jujitsu into the karate? Um, how did that that uh, blend went, at least in your mind? How did yeah. you imagine? How uh, maybe this way? How did you imagine it, and how did it turn out? Um, it's 
they, they cross over really. It's 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 almost it's almost seamless. You know, it's like a Venn diagram, and the, the the diagrams are virtually overlapping. The only difference is that you would maybe rely more on striking in karate than you would do in mm-hmm. um, in jujitsu. You use the same techniques. You say you do end up in a headlock. You you know. There's, there's moves in kata that will get you out of a headlock that you can see in a jiu-jitsu syllabus. Um, mm-hmm. I was speaking with one of my friends who's, who's a, I think he's a high purple belt, maybe a brown belt now in jiu-jitsu as well. And um, I was explaining the kata and, and jiu-jitsu to him and showing photos from a, uh, like a Hoist Gracie self-defense book and where they appear in kata. So, for example, there's, there's some self-defenses um, Let's say in in Pinan Sandan, where you've got the sort of horse stance and what's understood as an elbow block and a back fist right there. You try you look at a jiu-jitsu book, and you can see that as being a like a, like a miniature hip throw in some mm-hmm. defenses. And if you've got a picture of a kata step by step and a picture of these self defenses step by step, the the difference is they're on them then basically. So they they align perfectly. It's it's um, What's the best way of putting it? Different, different answers to the same problem or the same answers to the same problem but interpreted differently because we've lost yeah. a lot of the meaning of the kata. Sure. That's, a, that's good to hear. Uh, I'm really happy that uh, karateka more now uh, taking stuff from, from other things and opening their own uh, bubbles. Um, you know, I, I done that with wrestling years ago and it was the best thing I could do for my karate, to be honest. Um, Definitely, and I think that more people should um, cross train and uh, see what's going on. So, how's your approach to um, your students wanting to, to to do training somewhere else? By all means, um, I, while I was with my previous organization, one of my now brown belts um, asked if he could asked if I minded if he trained. So he's a kickboxer, and he asked if I minded him training in a, in another karate club to learn karate as well as kickboxing. Um, initially, my old organization mindset kind of kicked in, knowing, uh, prob- probably for the best that you don't. But then I thought about it a little bit longer. And, and, and my, my opinion was, if he goes to this club and he learns new stuff, he can bring it back to the club and it's only going to make him a better martial artist, right? And he can share ideas with me then he's learned in the other club me and his his teammates are better martial artists as well so he might pick up stuff from this different from this from this other club that um works better for his body type for his uh, mindset for for everything like that and if he ends up preferring that other club to mine well that's fine obviously my club was not the club for him the other mm-hmm. club wasn't and why would i want a student with me that that i'm not the best match for right so in the same way now that when things open up, I will go out and train with other people. I'll bring my guys with me. They can learn from the same people that I'm learning from. I'll understand it in a different level. They'll understand it in a different level. And the, the, the main thing that I've kind of picked up from, um, so sort of since leaving, le- leaving the old organization and coming into this wide open world, the practical karate group is so, it, they share ideas, right? Everybody's always posting videos, ideas, articles, and stuff like that. And, I've learned so much from so many different people just online that I feel like I've got, a, got become a better martial artist just from watching videos and talking with people. So why restrict 
my club's quality to just me learning new stuff, right? So if other people are going out and learning new stuff, um, the rising tide uh, lifts all boats. So every every martial artist that gets better in my club just makes my club a better martial arts club, is, is the way I think about it. You, you kind of went into the um, future with my uh, next question, your, your um, discussion oh. and my, my question. Because I was going to, uh, you know, I, I joined in the the practical martial arts environment recently as well, maybe 2011, 12, um, maybe mm -hmm. later. Um, and I felt it was much different to Polish mentality where people are a bit more skeptical and not so willingly sharing stuff. Mm -hmm. But I felt super welcomed being, you know, even a foreigner and completely unknown karate style. I felt very welcomed by all the um, practical martial artists environment mm. and, and community. How do you feel that, you know, you just enter into it? Of course, you, you uh, encounter uh, bastards, Ian, myself, <laughs> Andy. And, and many, many others. Uh, how do you feel? Have you been welcomed or you feel that, you know, you need to start prove yourself or, or how, how, how do you go about it? No, it's, 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 it's an interesting question. Um, so again, to, it's, uh, I, I have to compare it to the mindset that I had in, in my previous organization as well, where um, it wasn't so much it was us against them, but an, any other sources had to be kind of pre-approved by my main instructor, right? So we could fairly freely learn from people he trained with, but we weren't necessarily encouraged to find other people to train with and, and share ideas with. Um, but since, since joining this, I've been... Um, I was on I was on the wings for a while watching as as most people are you know timid from the outside but in the past few months I've, I've gotten engaged in conversation um, so that's where it all started really started commenting on posts deciding to um, you know get involved in the conversation and, and everything like that and you it's always a risk putting yourself out there but I feel that people have been not only just helpful on a um, thanks for liking my idea here's here's some more information on it but in a like in a welcoming, what do you think, you know, what are your ideas kind of thing as well. So um, after a while of just like being part of the conversation and, and sharing ideas, um, I decided to, to kind of put myself out there as well. And uh, as you know, that's, that's a very sort of, you know, it's out of character, it's pro probably out of character for you to begin with. It's mm. out of, definitely out of character for me. Um, I think what, one thing that would have helped is teaching online because it's made me far more comfortable on a camera. Yeah. Um, so the more stuff that I've put forward, the more ideas that I've put forward, um, it can all it can always be hit and miss, right? You never know how people are going to receive your ideas. But I thought, you know what, just just put it out there. If people like your ideas, they like it. If they don't like it, that's that's fine. Somebody, my my voice will speak to somebody. Yeah, it it, it is a funny thing because every time I think I've got done a super video or super podcast, it's the lowest one. If I think it's a crap one, it's just fucking going sky sky high. I, I, absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm stunned. I'll be honest with you. That, that's one thing. So I'll, I'll get to, I'll address that in a second. Um, so I, I was amazed when I managed to lock you and Andy Allen down for an interview. Right? I thought, wow, these are two guys that I've been watching for a long time. I've done by that point maybe three YouTube videos just sharing like completely random thoughts, and these two guys are happy to just like spend an hour just talking to me, sharing ideas that like I, I, I felt then that. Um, 
in a way that I'd been accepted as one of the guys, mm. right? Um, which, considering that I'd only been putting, uh, you know, um, speaking with people for a month, maybe two by that point, I thought it was incredible. But um, yeah, <laughs> and then I posted the interview and I thought, right, great, this is going to get me millions. This is, this is it. Now, this is what's going to explode and get me billions and millions and trillions of views. Mm. And it was well received in the community. People liked it. We got really good feedback on it, but the views and the likes, and the comments were nowhere near what I thought they would be. And then I, I posted a video um, of a, a Pinan Shodan Bunkai that I was playing with. Um, just where you kind of you kind of use the the hands up as a cover. Mm. You clinch. You do a couple of smashes with the with the uh, hammer fist and use that to disengage. That video relatively blew up. Mm. And then I did another the combination video of the day and that's so much better than even the video that I did with um, Mal Sanchez Jones as well so I'm, I'm getting these guys who I'm personally that I've been watching from the watching from the wings uh, really liking their stuff and big guys in the community coming on and having a chat with me and YouTube just it, it, it didn't seem to didn't seem to fly but I do this uh, I don't know let's hit the bag a little bit and, and they take off it's, it's crazy man <laughs> yeah it's, I think everybody have bit too much of interviews now because everybody's interviewing everybody and it comes up that, you know, we're all in a group interviewing mm. each other. Yeah, 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 maybe so. And, and, and I think one of the things that interviews are very long for, man, if, I, if you put up a five-minute video, you can watch that in, in a, you know, when you go down one of these rabbit holes where you're scrolling, but the interviews are an hour. Mm. I, I, I won't watch an hour interview, <laughs> so I don't know why I expect everybody else to. But no, it, I mean, in answer to your question, it's it's been a, um, I'm, I'm just blown away by how welcoming everybody has been, you know, and, uh, this this is anybody who who is out there now who's got ideas that they want to share who's got ideas um on their own takes on bunkai their own uh, opinions of the martial arts because i've been speaking to people now who in in a kind of crazy way they watch my stuff the same way that i've been watching your stuff right and and i know they've got good ideas too but maybe it's a lack of confidence that's stopping them from sharing it but if they do they will be well received Will, like everybody will like them, will comment. We're here to build each other up. Yeah. Oh, I lost. Have you. I lost you. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, second part of the, that question is, how did you? What did you expect when you? You know, when I was going in uh, into that environment, I thought I'm gonna find some people. Um, being full of themselves and you know not want to talk with me, uh, and and I was um, very pleasantly disappointed that uh, actually everybody is so open and stuff. How did you imagine your en- enter into that world gonna be? What did you expect? Um, uh, uh, initially. A bit of this is this coming with my kind of social uh, issues a little bit as well. I, I thought I'd be a pest right now. Why is he asking? Um, you know, hold on about it again. Am I in? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, now. Am I here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, sweet. So yeah, um, I I thought that um that I'd be coming across as a pest, like uh, you know, like the. Apple polish like the guy, please, sir. You, you know that 
I don't know, like 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 an like an um a bootlicker in a way that people would be like, oh, what does this guy want now? I'd look for this guy or just trying to trying to comment on my video. But then on on the other hand, so from the other side of the coin now, having having my own videos out there, wow, do I appreciate having people comment on my video? Do I have people, you know, reaching out and messaging me nice stuff? It is. I, nice. know, I was I was just just afraid of being a pain in the ass, but everybody's completely disproven that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is nice. Well, I had a, a bit in and out. I, I had exactly the same um, same feelings, but uh, it always it turned up really. They are really nice guys. Um, bit strange bunch, but really nice. Um, so, um, you started writing a book uh, after a few nudges, I have to say, from myself. Mm. Um, can you share a little bit what it's going to yes, be course, about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, long and short. It's I've, I've I've come up with a title for it now, which which you haven't seen yet. So um, uh, for for the for the people listening, Les, I've been kind of to kind of shadow read the the book that I'm writing. It's the first book that I've ever written. It's the first time I've sat down and written that many words in my whole. Um, that that's including when I was in school, but the title of the book is going to be um, "Made on the Mats," which oh, cool. is effectively how how I've become the person that I am now. I'm not saying that I'm a, a yeah, I'm not saying that I'm you know a big amazing kind of Mister Personality or anything, but certainly from where I was before, where um, you know dodging the PE classes, feeling nervous around people, um, you know, I was generally just kind of negative. I didn't take care of myself. I was. Um, I don't know what's the best way to put it. I was a slob. I was a nerd. I was just, I don't know. I was, I was nice enough and everything, but I just, anyway. So it, it, it's just how, how I got transformed from that person through the martial arts to the person that I am today, which is a big, big, big journey right now. I consider myself to be fairly normal, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas before I wasn't. And, and to, to go from where I was to even a, a fairly normal and trying new stuff is is it's insane one one of my assistants well my my the instructor who works under me now he's um he's on the same path as i am so he's coming from this kind of nerd person who he won't mind me saying this but he's you know he, he has had a habit of not really taking care of himself in exactly the same way that i was when i was a kid to being um confident and, and trying new things and you know it, it's 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 effectively my journey from from being the weird, you know, messy, overweight guy to being the the moderately normal guy with a you know with a wife and four uh, three kids um, and and my own business, you know, it's 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 just that journey really. Yeah, awesome. I always like to read the people's stories. I think they are so. Uh, interesting to have an insight of um, people's development and you can learn so much and that, that's how I end up writing uh, kind of uh, anxious black belt except that my friends um, forced me to it a little bit mm-hmm. and, and and I wanted to kind of have that, that retrospection but that came from the reading autobiographies of other people and learning kind of um, mm-hmm. you can fast track yourself reading on a subject you know if you've seen what people done there, yeah, mis- yeah, mistakes, yeah. and you can avoid them, it's always interesting. So, could you tell me where people can find you? Of course, the YouTube and stuff. I'm gonna put that in the comments. Uh, I always say in comments in the description. 
not in the comments. I put it in the description. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it's virtually anyway. If you type in Warrior Spirit Martial Arts, um, we I'm from North Wales, so my Facebook page is Warrior Spirit Martial Arts Shangevni. So um, that's that's a hell of a mouthful for everybody. But if you search Warrior Spirit Martial Arts and you get a red circle with the three kind of white commas on the inside of it, that's me. Um, you can join the Facebook group, which is the Warrior Spirit Clan Karate Community. Uh, that's global. We, we accept, you know, virtually anybody who does martial arts, uh, encourage people to share ideas. Um, uh, we've had, a, you know, a, a bit of um, fun in there with memes and stuff as well. You know, we've seen some funny stuff. Uh, it's, it's a good place for, for just getting new ideas. Instagram, Warrior Spirit Martial Arts. Um, or, you know, if anybody needs to reach out for anything, I'm John at warriorspiritmafmarshalarts.co.uk. So anyway, you can find me. I'm, I'm Warrior Spirit Martial Arts, something. Cool. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thank you for your time. And to you. And I hope to see more videos, books, and everything from you because it's interesting stuff. And I highly recommend uh, people to go and check it out. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Les. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Yeah. See you soon. Don't, don't.